Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Nevin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field and people who have a general interest in the topic. So today's guest is a very special guest and that is because I am joined by Drew Lynch. Drew went on America's Got Talent a few years ago and, and was a runners-up. He's a stand-up comedian and I've been following him since his AGT journey from over here in in the UK and I've been following his journey since and he's done this which we'll talk about in more detail but Drew welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So can you just introduce yourself and just tell the viewers a bit more about what you do for a living? Sure I'm Drew I your intro your intro is perfect but I can I'll do mine as well. Um my name is Drew, um, and I do uh, I do stand up. I I started doing comedy uh, f- close to full time shortly after I had a softball injury, um, and uh, uh, it changed my life. And it made it difficult to uh, have control over my um, nerves and my nervous system, and so I started stuttering and uh, stammering that's the British one um, and um, uh, that kind of shapes uh, a, a path of me making some self-deprecating jokes about a very evident impediment and um, oh, you know that was some odd 10 years ago so it's just been a journey of doing things um, to rehabilitate, but also doing things to uh, learn more about it and embrace more of the situation that you're in. So there's definitely some sort of catch and release with the uh, uh, concept of control and how that plays a role in your professional and professional and personal life. Yeah, for sure. And I think it just shows like I've actually spoken before, uh, to a guest who's a comedian here in, in the UK who does jokes about his stammer. And he said it's a very different perspective from someone making fun of when you make fun of your own stammer, but when someone makes fun of your stammer. But he said, with a stand-up comedian, it's a very like being a stand-up comedian with a stammer, some of the material, like it's just your, like your, your everyday life. But he said, you just sometimes, this helps you see the very different side from having a stammer or stutter. So can you just tell me a bit more about what, um, what, what happened and, and how your voice sort of changed from the accident? So initially, after the injury, I had had some vocal trauma uh, as well. I had been beamed with a softball uh, from a from a from a from a from a grounder, and it, when I had fallen and hit my head, I had I had uh, the concussion, and the concussion was the the more severe of the two. But my speech, for whatever reason, just became almost um staccato and it was just lazy there was just no control over my 
um, a vocal cord. It had spasms and it had uh, inconsistencies. So the way that I had initially spoke after my injury was much more um, slow and 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 um, it almost it almost sounded like the middle of the words were broken up and um you know that kind of shaped into i would say you know the a lot of the beginnings of words now have their challenges for me sometimes like you know getting something started when you know that there's a letter that starts similarly to the next word or phrases that you're gonna um say that's why in so much in speech therapy they have you practice like alliteration and i think that through uh, through the injury and wanting to start to shift my focus to comedy that made it so every word that i was going to say uh, had to have a purpose if it was for um the purposes of telling a joke. I mean, word economy is so important in our profession that you want to get to the funniest thing in as fewest words as possible. So in a way, uh, the accident was a blessing because it was teaching me how to write and pay attention to how a sentence can be heading in one direction and then the end of it, the last few words can completely change the whole context of a sentence altogether. So that was kind of the idea of how my uh, voice was um, an instrument, but also a lesson um, that I could use to um, uh, really shape uh, a, a point of view for when I was trying to uh, talk about it on stage. But I mean, it's nowhere, it was, my speech was nowhere near as fluid as it is today. Um, and I think that's because there's just been <laughs> just years and years and years and years of it's just felt like forever of just uh working on it and feeling like you're you're okay with it and then days where you're angry about it days where you're sad and you 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 don't you, you're happy that people know you because of it and that people can feel inspired because of it but you're you're also upset because you feel that that's maybe the the only thing they take you for is the value of of that or being served as a purposes of a of a gimmick or I've heard it all. So, you know, it's been just uh, uh, just kind of writing the ebbs and flows of the progression and how that impacts my, uh, you know, mental outlook as well. Oh, like it's really fascinating for me because I've stoned my whole life, so I've not known life without a stammer but you sort of had a stammer in a flash sort of from when you had your accident and when you look back at like, so I've never known life and I've not stammered and when I was young my stammer was very severe but I've had 23 years of like speech therapy and growing all like my speech however you sort of had to like fast track through my speech like quickly go back 
does it feel weird like looking back at like old uh, like old uh, videos and you didn't stand like does that seem like a distant memory of like talking fluently uh yes uh they both do i mean videos of when i videos pre-accident and videos immediately post-accident both um both sound not as not really familiar and that's hard because i had my speech very fluent obviously for 20 years of my life so you know it it became something that um it became you know uh, even listening to videos of my stand-up um right after the accident it is also sounds so unfamiliar to the way I talk now. So, you know, there's just the, the foil of knowing both worlds and to your, to your, to your experience and your relationship to stuttering, you know, most people, they have had it from childhood, you know, it's, it's very uncommon that there are adults who have, you know, adult onset stuttering or some, um, some, um, like a, a a point of uh the the point of uh, uh the point of onset where they have in some experience or trauma that is the uh the pushing off point from that to start affecting their life so um uh the inciting incident that's the way i was looking for the as an inciting incident so you know there's just there's different perspectives and different relationships with it for sure yeah like I was talking to a politician a quite well-known politician here in in the UK like he only realized that he had to stammer whilst when he was in his 40s and he was in in the cabinet so in our parliament and it was weird because his dad um rang him when he was first in like press interviews so I was going you've got what I've got but I don't know what it is and then someone told him to go to speech therapy and and they said you've got a stammer about the only way for you to help your stammer in like your work environment because it's such a public speaking role you have to be open about it like you have to go public about having a stammer and he said since I've gone public my stammer's been so much better but also I felt more at ease and then his dad rang him and said I am in my 70s and I've never known that I've stammered until now and like it's just fascinating how like people kind of have people say oh I had it when I was young but I've grown out of it now like mine's more of a covert stammer now compared to what it was like before like I've had one person who I've met who like his parents moved from country to country and like the twangs of the accents like caused him to start stammering so like there's a whole spectrum of like different aspects and how different people have got it but it's one of those things that sadly like it does come with a negative side like bullying or like the stigma isn't that good around the topic and like, I've had situations where I've been bullied I've been like what's wrong with your voice why can't you say your own name which I think is the most common thing to someone who sells or stutters can you just tell, tell us a time that you struggled most for your stand, but also what you've learned from that situation? 
Sure. Um, I used to work at a comedy club. In fact, that's how I kind of got started in it in the first place. And I worked the front ticket booth and that's kind of a, a job that is heavily dependent on pace and crowd flow and mitigating the speed of getting people checked in. And, and it's very communicative, you know, any job that requires you to speak or, 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 or connect, it's going to be a challenge, not just because of the, not just because of the, the obvious, uh, the obvious, uh, um, obstacles that sometimes words or sentences can present, but just having to establish a new connection with a, another human being over and over and over and over and over again. You know, it's almost like, is a person who's understanding going to have that same level of understanding for the, you know, is that next person going to be equally as patient or open? And, and that's not how it went. So, that was very, very challenging, especially after my injury, where I was so uncertain about the direction of my life and the impact that that it was going to have um, on all facets of, you know, again, personal, professional, you know, all, all, all of that. I had no idea where my life was headed. And I think, and it could be the same for you, William, but uh, how turbulent I'm feeling in any situation, if it's, you know, social or, or, or not, that can have an impact on physically. And, you know, working at a ticket booth where you're asking people to be patient over and over, um, it, it, it feels like you're, it feels like a lot. It feels almost like you're asking them to, you know, it's it's like asking them to back your charity or buy Girl Scout cookies, like you're it, it, over and over and over. You know, it feels like you're soliciting, and it's it, it's hard because you you want to be treated the same as everybody, but uh, you also want um, maybe a little bit of uh, a cushion of understanding. So that's what was hard. And like it's can definitely relate to what you're saying. Like it's definitely hard. Like when you know you're going to be talking. Like when it's not something that you're used to, when it's quite frequent, who like I guess like with the podcast, I know that I'm gonna be talking for like an hour, a session, or like depending on how long the recording is going to be, and then I know that's fine. But if it's gonna be talking for the whole day, like back to back, I think that first person I may come across may be fine with my stuff. But what about that fifteenth person or that twentieth person? Like you don't really know how. And I think the biggest fear for me not fear, but the biggest thought is how they're going to react or will they roll their eyes or will we go, come on. And I think when you can visualize the cue, like when you do a virtual cue in your head where you can virtually see the people who you're going to have to talk to that day, or like you think, oh, that's a lot of talking. Like I had a situation the other week where if something abrupts my speech or if something changes my schedule, that's a no-go place and I was doing a presentation and someone messaged me on the side saying oh can you mention this person it's their birthday but we didn't have time to put it here for my presentation and for the next five minutes I was not focusing on what the rest of the presentation was because I was thinking uh oh that's the name that I stammer on and literally my whole thought process for the next however many slides like those slides felt like hours 
and I just know just repeating that name over in my head to a point where I couldn't even say the name and I was like what is happening I mean it came to my slides and I said it finally it was just the just felt like the slowest time at all which I think you probably um, do you feel like when you are doing your own content you may not stammer as much but if someone gave you a script to say would that possibly make you stammer more yes absolutely and it's hard because it takes away from it takes away from everyday moments that you would otherwise live um without feeling insecure you would feel unencumbered by any situation and i think that that sometimes is something that might feel a bit neurotic but also specific to people who stutter is at any given time that we are having a social interaction it feels like i am watching it at the same time as having it so it's like it's almost like it's got to feel like when you're acting in a scene that you're also directing it's like it's the same thing except you have no control over the other person how they're going to react how their eyes are shifting how they're are they going to are they going to be made massively uncomfortable are they going to be uh receptive and 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 then you're thinking on a third level where you're like okay what words are coming up that i can account for that are going to be that are that are that are going to be stoppers for me what are going to be things that i try to circumvent you know it's just it, it, it you know it, it doesn't surprise me that you know there's a podcast that you have dedicated to the subject entirely because I've met so many people who stutter and they're fascinating and we all we all kind of share this commonality of just like okay we're living our lives and then we're living a track that's next to our lives to try and protect that initial life and then there's a third one that's intellectually operative where you're uh, 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 analyzing the best way to continue to so it's just it's like it is uh, so hard to explain um, to somebody who feels like the interactions that they've had their whole lives were easy. And that I think is maybe a perspective that I have is growing up, that was never something I dealt with. So it's just, it's something you take, like you take for granted, you know? Yeah, and I can just like, I think it's one of those things where I don't know people realize like if when a person with a stomach does a presentation or like they do a, um, a speech or they they're thinking about so many different things they are thinking about their stammer they're thinking about how the stammer will portray the room and then just a tiny bit about the speech themselves but like I own my stammer straight away I go let's like know that I do stammer there's nothing wrong with it I just can't say my words correctly and like but there's sometimes it's just always at the forefront like with that presentation I talked to the other week the actual slide was fine but it was just my stammer was just on my mind so my whole team know that I stammer because I share all the work that I do like it's it's really odd how I get more nervous about my stammer in front of people who I know than people who I don't know so any media interview I can do with only some nerves but when I'm doing a presentation in front of 
friends would like doing a speech to family, my stomach gets 100% worse than it would have been before. And I, I've said this, I think, in, I think in every single podcast since doing it, but I was best man for my best friend's wedding. And doing the speech is terrifying for no whoever best man. And then especially having a stammer adds another league of nerves on touring your best. And, and I was just like, I know I stammer, so let's just own it at the front. So my first joke was just letting you know that I do stammer, so hopefully it will be done by night time. Mm-hmm. And then the moment that I just said that, I, I never stammered once for the whole speech. But that few minutes felt like a blur, massive blur. And what advice would you have for people who are wanting to do a presentation, but they've got those three thoughts in their head, or like that thought process in their head that's just making them go, no, I can't do it. Well, I think I think your story was a perfect example of something that I would probably offer up as a piece of advice. I mean, humor is disarming and it if you're doing it in a way that expresses self-awareness, then I don't want to say people find that to be, I mean, I, I just think that people are drawn towards honesty, you know, people, people gravitate towards calling something like it is. And I, I identify a lot with, um, you know, I, I, like I, I, relate a lot to your uh you talking about how in a crowd or in a presentation you can memorize it to a t and you can practice and you can you can prepare and there is a sense of feeling confident too like if you feel confident if you feel confident in something that you have complete control over um of course that's it that is a situation that could go in your favor if you're trying to avoid stuttering but for me, it's like when I have like one-on-one interactions, maybe even with people who I don't know well, like, like whether I know them well, like around my friends, I don't even think about it because for me, I've just gotten to that level of comfort. But if it's one-on-one interaction of someone who I'm just now meeting, I'm very insecure. I'm very unsure. I'm very not confident. And what oftentimes helps is just saying that you know just saying like hey you know anything that you're saying that is happening is a nice conduit to um comedy or making a joke and when i'm in front of crowds i feel maybe that's just because it's been a muscle that i've worked over and over but i feel almost more safe when i just have am talking to a group of people as a as a unit rather than one-on-one close interactions where they're analyzing my face and i'm analyzing theirs and they're analyzing my you know my 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 body language and you know things like that you know it's uh you know so um the advice that i would give because that's the only thing i could give myself was try to bring some sense of humor and just maybe some self-awareness to the situation and most people are show compassion in those instances. Yeah, like it's like talking about that just now has made me remember this memory. And so I, I, I was going to do a speech about my stammer to a group of students, and 
I was walking to the um to the lecture hall with the person who, who I was doing it for, and I said, I'm actually quite um concerned because I've not really stammered much in the last day and um, then the last few days. So I was like, I hope you don't think that I'm a fraud, like I'm coming to talk about having a stammer, but I'm actually something she was like you wait until you get to that podium. I was like, you wait until you see those group of people. And when I went to, I was like, oh no. I mean, literally, like I, I stammered and there was no turnover. It was weird how I was like, why, why am I worried about my stammer when I know I'm going to be talking about my stammer in, and it's like, it's something that I, and then I mean, if I don't stammer, that just shows that speech therapy has worked. And it's like, you just never know how your thought process can react to, to different situations. But I would now love to move on to your to your fascinating career. And I clearly remember watching you here from the UK for, for your AGT journey. And I would love it if, and, and I was also thinking, how on earth is he doing that with a stand-off? Because that would just be my worst nightmare ever talking in front of that many people. But just love to talk to you about your journey, but also how you was affected not just by doing your comedy but also like the nerves of going on America's Got Talent um yeah well it with America's Got Talent that was something that was was not planned I of course went into audition for it but planning like ever getting on the show was never something I thought could happen um uh, the year before I did, uh, like, and most people, when they see that show, they think, oh, they just went and found this kid and he did look at him go, you know, wow, the, this is the first time he's ever done stand up ever. Look at him do it, you know, and that could be the case, maybe. But in my case, I had been doing stand up already for three years. I was doing, you know, colleges and I was starting to work my way towards making a living and um, the year before I did that, in order to prepare for it, I did I almost 600 sets in a, in a year. So I set the goal to do 500. I was like, I'm gonna do 500 sets. That way I can get comfortable in every situation. And the situations that I found myself in were less than favorable uh, for comedy settings. So I would go up in shows that were like, like with the intention of not doing well. So I would go and perform at laundromats or, um, you know, like barbecue grills or coffee shops or book clubs, or I would perform outside. I would perform uh, at hospitals, I would perform everywhere because that um, was hopefully going to prepare me for any environment um, that that I could be in in order to uh, try and grow that, you know, work that muscle. And um, then I went and did the show. Uh, I went and auditioned for the show, and a lot of it, you know. A lot of the audition process is fluid. Like it is very much trying to not just do like, oh, this is this is this is my act or these are my jokes, but also being a being a person, being self-aware again enough 
to call things that you see out and and try to implement them in a in a way that's uh, clever or creative or, or or whatever. So, and it was a it was a very elaborate audition process. I think they passed me around to maybe four or five different rooms before I even got to see the producers. And then if the producers approve, then you go to uh, a whole other, uh, then you go see the judges. So when did it first, you know, like because you got golden buzzer, you went, well, you came second, which is absolutely phenomenal. Can you just talk about like your, like the journey of like how your stammer sort of changed like throughout the inverse series and like, how could you notice a difference on for like your your first audition to, to like your final audition to your final sort of set? You mean like uh, as far as the progress of my speech, or do you mean oh yes? Yeah. Oh, um, uh, you know I haven't seen it in years. You know really? I, I I watched I only watched it. Uh, I actually think I only watched the the initial episode. I don't I, I don't think I watched anything um, uh, after that because it, it has nothing to do with my speech. It just has everything to do with me not liking the what to watch myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't know. I all I know is that you know, like. I did Conan a few years ago, and I, and that was a few. You know, I did I did Conan a few years, um, maybe like maybe maybe I did Conan maybe two years after I did America's Got Talent and um just the the progress from my speech from those two initial performances I think was interesting like as far as um just getting more and more comfortable getting more um getting more um can 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 get get getting more control you know and um that's hilarious that I didn't have control over the word control there, but, 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 but what I'm saying is, is like, um, I just, I cared so much when I went on America's Got Talent. I thought I needed that in order to validate my journey, my existence. Even I was looking for some sort of existential help calling to make sense of why everything had happened in my life up until this point. So when I lost the show, um, your initial reaction is, oh, this is devastating. I worked so hard for this and I still came out a loser. But those are all negative thoughts that don't really go anywhere and they're not, they're not grounded in anything that's real. So the truth was I had the opportunity to do the show and I got so far and people had maybe discovered me because of being able to do it in the first place that it did teach me wanting something so much then caring so much about it. You don't ever, you, you don't ever want to put that much stock in anything because then you're setting yourself up to be hurt, to be disappointed, to, to, to feel slighted or jaded. And that's a, that's a very dangerously slippery slope to start going down, especially if you want to try and remain optimistic and remain, um, uh, uh, you know, to be positive about the things that you do have going on in your life. So 
I think over the years, uh, I you can see the progression of my speech because I think I just care less and less about things. You know, it's interesting how you have to go through the training of like speech and 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 every social interaction you're going through. It's testing your it's testing your mind. It's testing your nervous system. It's testing how will you. Um, be able to be at peace regardless of what's going on. And that fundamental truth should remain a constant throughout your whole life. And if that extends itself to, if that extends itself to my professional career as well, I think that that's maybe the basis for my, my, uh, 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 progress is just caring less and less. Wow. And it's sort of like doing the show, but also your journey since the show has sort of been your sign, like your, like you sort of, okay, this is my speech now. And like, this is, but actually my speech makes me who I am today. And like you sort of take my time to reflect because one of my main mottos to people who are down, down about having best having a stamina or like they're having struggles on it it makes you unique it makes you who you are and it it is okay to stammer and I think the more you realize that the more confident you get it, it, it in yourself and like the less you think about some of them the more you think about the actual thing you're doing and like it's also like a, a mini milestone so for someone who stammers who find who may find it really hard to go into Starbucks and order their coffee order they may find a really hard thing and they may get their friend or partner to do the order or a mobile pickup. But when they do it themselves, that will feel like such a milestone and then achievement for when they've done that. And I think it's so key to see people like you who have done such a, an inspiring journey because you inspire so many people yourself, but also people who want to be a comedian. And I think... To see impact of your journey, which I think is help people see the other side of the topic. And like sadly, it's quite a topic that's got some pity around the name. And like it's not really a negative topic, it's more like a pity. Like people go, Oh, bless, or oh poor you. And like, what's wrong? And I think for people who just want to show their true personality with their stamina, we sort of spoke about it before, but what advice would you just say for people who want to tr- show their true personality with a stomach they're just so, too afraid of just letting it hold them back, maybe changing them in their, in their path? I would say I don't have the answer for any one person you know every like there's not excuse me there's not one answer that resolves all people's problems you know every person every person has to every person has to find the thing that that really works for them and I think that again going back to what I said initially about stuttering is it's fluid like are you it, it that's what makes it fascinating as a subject it you could you could you could talk perfectly to your mom, but around your dad, you, it could be a nightmare. You know, you could be somebody who you go a whole day or a whole week, and 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 uh, um, you're not you're not even thinking about it. And then someone mentions it, and 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 you just digress all the way back down. I mean, the mind, the mind is uh, 
the mind is fascinating. And, you know, what, you know, another thing, like I'm in a soccer outfit right now. I'm not pandering because you're British. I'm in a soccer outfit right now. Sorry, football, because, um, you know, I, I, I'm not good at it, but I go and do it because I'm sports is also a thing that it gets me out of my head. It gets me out of my every, like, I'm just, when I'm talking, like when I'm, ta- when I'm talking to people, it's fluid, you know, pass me the ball, Pat, give me the, you know, give me the things here. Yeah. 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 You know, like I, I'm, and, and, and I only found that be, because like, I, I only continued to go, go back because I felt so like happy, you know, and when I felt so much, I, I, I know my brain was stimulated in a way that just says, listen, everything, everything socially is behind now. Everything that's like that the importance of performance and just being present and being here is the muscle that you want to try to work. And that's the, and, and that just like a performance for stand up or, you know, for some people it's meditating for some people it's smoking weed or for doing tequila I don't know what your thing is and not that those I'm not not that I would ever be promoting things that are unhealthy but it's just it's about trying to um find the the will to want to it's about finding the will to want more for yourself and 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 if you're feeling like you're plagued by every social interaction you it's almost like it's almost like what combination of things is setting it as setting the precedent of i'm going to stutter in this situation so what combination of things can i change to try and change that outcome you know it's almost like it's like any science equation or math equation, like to try and crack a formula. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one thing I know about my specific instance with my speech is I am relentless in trying to uh, live the healthiest um, uh, 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 lifestyles possible. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the healthiest uh, version of that life is one where I'm not stuttering because it's just my relationship to stuttering has changed so much that if it does, I, I, I don't really mind what happens one way or the other. And I think like, you know, I've read books that like, that's a quote from like Buddha. Like, I don't really mind what happens. And, and, and that again, extends itself to maybe just more than uh, any situation, but also with stuttering and with 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 dating or with uh, with with doing a show or going to play some football, like you know, that's what's uh, that's what's fascinating about it. And um, you know, uh, you just have to find out. You have to. F- I know that that advice has been said in almost every self help podcast, but it really is about finding what works for you. And then I think, uh, your relationship to, um, your out, your outcome that you're hoping for will hopefully change. You know, when you start looking at the, when you start looking at the way, when you change the way you look at things, the things you start looking at will change. So that's just, that's just like, 
our brain chemistry. Wow. Like, it, it, you are right. Like, it is sort of most 90% of the time, like, mind games. Like, our minds just playing games with us. Like, so, like, it's just, like, it just adds extra thoughts. And actually, if we didn't have those, gate, like, those mind thoughts, like, about our stomach, especially, like, we wouldn't even really think that. Like, we've all had days where it's just not been, not, like, we've been busy with work. Like, we've had conversations that it's just not on our forefront at all. But some days it's more vivid for normal so why is it more vivid but I've but it's just really fascinating because I spoke to a youtuber called Mr JW who's a car youtuber and he was saying that when he turns on the camera to record his demo dust goes away and like he was saying he uses people think that he's a very very elaborate YouTuber because of the words like him, but actually those elaborate words are to help his stammer and his techniques whilst on camera. So people think that like he talks about his cars in great detail. And actually it's just his way of helping his stammer get out. And like it's just for thought of going cameras on, stammer go. And, and it's just and, I, and that's what I found really fascinating, just how it is different. And, and especially in the last few years from a pandemic of how working from home has completely changed my mindset of my stomach and muscle. How has the pandemic affected your, your stomach? Um, I meditated uh, every day and I was already meditating. Since 2019, I was doing transcendental meditation, trying to just get energy in the second part of the day, especially when you're a workaholic, you need as much energy as you can get. Um, and I meditated and I, um, I meditated every day and I did yoga every day because I wanted to try to attack my, not attack my nervous system, but almost, almost reroute it. Cause it, 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 if you feel like your nervous system is under attack, you have to try to access it to reroute um, or change those brain wavelengths uh, uh, to hopefully change what's been going on, um, you know, uh, that makes you emotionally or physically unwell. And the pandemic, I hope, has brought a lot of perspective to people and what they might have taken for granted or what they really want to do. Like, think about, you know, think about, you know, think about, you, there, there's nothing like the world completely stopping and you being unable to work and unable to see people and unable to go out that could bring you more perspective for what matters and what matters to you. And I was touring so heavily in 2019 that had the pandemic not happened, I would have been in uh, very serious trouble with my health. My health was declining quite a bit. So I had to spend every day, and I mean every day, you could ask my fiance, I have references. I I spent every day meditating and doing yoga for hours because I was trying to 
reset my body and telling my brain there's more to life than just work there's more to life than performing there's more you are you are not your career um so i'm actually proud of a lot of people who have stepped outside of their regular and very safe comfort zones to go for something that is different or something that really makes them happy um and uh that was when I, you know, that was when I started to like discover soccer or, or trying to study a new language and um, you seeing friends more and getting, you know, just doing things that you wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah, no, I definitely, well, this podcast didn't exist for the pandemic because I realized when I was going to work from home, I realized that my stomach was getting worse and I was not expecting it. And I was like, my worst fear was picking up a phone and saying, hello, I sometimes tell my when it catches me off guard as well, H's are a nightmare. And then I realized that I got all this from when I'm not commuting to London, where I've just got by myself, I'm in a room in, in the same four walls every day but actually I can use this time to help my stammer and like learn to needs but also share my experience because there are other people who are going through the same thing who are used to a very sociable life pre-pandemic where you're talking to everyone at the station at the office or like do you're touring like you're touring all the time like the human like my stammer is better than I've been doing when I've had human interaction and then I realised that if I'm going through this, so many other people are going to be going through this as well. And I was really surprised, but I thought, oh, maybe it may take a few articles for it to pick up. First article picked up massively, which I was not expecting at all, but it was just mainly people going, I can relate to this. I was not expecting it. And that sort of surprised me when I was looking into like podcasts and I was like, you don't really hear it from a person themselves. Like, you have been the hidden community of the pandemic because you don't really hear about people like what it's like for a person with a stammer wearing a face mask or like how Zoom calls have affected people with a stammer. Like it's just put a whole different perspective. But now my stammer is the strongest it's ever been, but also my mindset is the strongest it's ever been as well. And I've got a question that I ask it all all my guests that come on to the podcast that I don't give you warning about beforehand. When you think of someone who's down, someone famous who's down, who do you think of? Um, I know Paul Rudd used to stutter and he's, really? I love, yeah, I love him as an actor. So, um, well, I mean, he, yeah, and he's, su- su- uh, he supports um, uh, uh um stammerings so uh stammering charity stammering just stammering charities and um you know i think of like uh um you know i mean i i think of like uh james earl jones and i think of like actors who through their um through even through acting they were able to uh work through uh work through it i think that's fascinating so to round up this this episode um could you give our viewers three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer 
Well, I already gave a lot of advice to, you know, earlier on to people who I think stutter. And again, uh, I don't know that I could really answer it for an individual because everything is an individual uh, journey with stuttering. But the abridged version of that, I would say, is just try to maybe bring some self-awareness and some humor to every situation that is uncomfortable because you're not going to make it more uncomfortable by making a, a, a joke. If it's already, if the moment's already ruined, why, you know, why not try to just head into the storm? And then, and then my advice for someone who doesn't stutter is, <clears throat> you know, just start. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, then, you know, uh, my advice to someone who doesn't stutter is, um, then you meet someone, <clears throat> everybody's going through something and you just have no idea. That's, that's what I would say. I think the, the mind manifests the, the 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 body manifests things that the that the mind is feeling so if you uh are or you know if someone is struggling with something you, you, you if someone is if someone that you know uh, uh, but you don't know that they're struggling with through something like i would say that's the perspective that something like this has given me. There would just be days where I would, they would go from bad days to worse days because I, it felt like I was alone. Like no one understood uh, the day that I, the day that I was having that was brought on by my stuttering. So uh, that is a physical representation of something that was emotionally and mentally um, had control of me. So it, that's the only way I could try to relate to someone who doesn't, who might not understand something that's going on physically, um, is uh, try to just have compassion for things that you can't see. Wow. So, Drew, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and I am, well, I've been watching your journey for years. So I'm, so I'm very, very privileged and to have you on to talk to you, hear your story. So thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, William. That's great. So thank you so much to our listeners for, for listening to this episode. As I mentioned before, we've got some really exciting guests coming on and we are very excited to see the podcast grow. We are now on TikTok where we post snippets from our future episodes, but also facts and just real life situations that you may not expect for you if you don't stumble that may not be hard but for some people it may be a really tough situation i mean we're also on instagram and twitter where we post all our exciting updates and facts and if you stumble remember we just launched our stammer community called stammer stories the community which is a brave space group for people with stammer to talk to other people with stammer from all around the world so i look so see you next time in two weeks bye mm -hmm.